Welcome to the Hot Spotting Real Estate Podcast. This is a bi-weekly podcast that talks about all things real estate with a splash of real-life topics. So tune in and let's keep it real. Hello and welcome to the Hot Spotting Real Estate Podcast. I'm Mike Tohikian. Today, I was planning on having a special episode recapping the ICSC Recon, oh, we used to call it Recon, the Las Vegas Convention. Uh, that just took place uh, a few weeks ago, towards the end of May. And um, I wanted to just maybe go through some details about the conference itself, and then uh, followed by some listener feedback uh, from the show. So for those of you who have not heard of ICSC, it's our industry's trade organization, uh, retail real estate. And they do a three-day convention out in Las Vegas, uh, which involves breakout sessions, speakers, deal-making on the show floor with exhibitors from all aspects of retail real estate, including vendors, developers, uh, tenants, cities, lenders, you name it. Um, Anything related to our retail uh, real estate industry, they're present at that show. And this is a nationwide, and if I'm not mistaken, a worldwide show. It used to be a really big show uh, pre-pandemic, and this is kind of like the first year full kickoff post-pandemic. We had it last year, but it wasn't, um, it didn't feel like a fully recovered show. And this year, I think um, they had a good attendance um, coming in. And uh, the breakdown of the show, it's usually uh, three days. The first day is um, development wor- developmental workshops. Like, um, I think they had a deal-making master class, uh, another psychology of real estate marketing was another one, and then um, there was another workshop on location and site selection. And they have about, I don't know, 5 to 15 of these things during that first day, and I think on the second day as well. After that first day, there's a keynote speaker, which I think this year was Andy Reid, which is the coach of Kansas City uh Chiefs, um, and then the first day wraps up with like an opening reception and a award ceremony. Uh, day two is where the exhibit halls open, and that's where the retailers and developers have booths along with other vendors and city jurisdictions. And uh, the show continues that day uh, with a deal making exhibitor floor and then uh, breakout sessions throughout that day um, within the convention center. And then day three is a repeat of day two, just on a shorter format. Usually ends around three. Uh, the sh- the Vegas convention used to be three days, so it was two full days plus a half day, and now it's one full day and then a shortened semi-full day. The show floor is also, um, I call it the show, but uh, the convention floor is you know filled with happy hours <laughs> towards the end of the first day. Um, a lot of the booths, developers, tenants, uh, towards, let's say, 3 o'clock, um, you know, provide happy hours where they can have networking events for some of their brokers or, you know, uh, new colleagues and peers that they want to come to the booth and kind of rub shoulders with. The nightlife there turns into multiple parties thrown by developers, brokerage houses. Um, everybody usually has a dinner uh, organized with one or two parties 
it's hard to get to all the parties. You do your best. Uh, the older you get, the less parties you attend is the trend that I've seen, at least for me. <laughs> if you're trying to get into this industry or you're already in this industry and you have not attended this show, it's something you definitely need to make it out to next year. If some of you listened to the last podcast where uh, Mahdi was on, he kind of explained how he got himself into this show and it, you know, jump-started his career. You know, he was able to network with the right people and got in to the right firm. And, you know, he's a pretty successful broker out there today. So we sent out an email to all our subscribers asking them about some of the pet peeves or recommendations they might have for the Vegas convention. And we did get an overwhelming response back, which we had to go through and select. We tried to select at least nine or 10 of these most common answers or topics. And, uh, you know, hopefully some of the organizers are listening to help potentially address some of them. And there are some positive feedbacks towards the end of it as well. Um, there is also some feedback geared towards attendees. So if you're an attendee, um, you should also kind of take note. Um, so let's kick it off and see what some of these issues and uh, responses are. Overwhelming response on badge issues. Many people said they struggled with the badge setup this year. And the way it was set up is you got an email with a QR code. When you got to the convention floor, uh, there was an area where you would wait in line um, to get scanned and then it prints it out and then you're good to go. I myself didn't have any problems with it, uh, maybe because I had the email ready with the QR code. But many people said that either they didn't get that email or the line was way too long, which that I can understand. Usually the 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 way this was handled previously was they would mail out the badges ahead of time. So you would a majority of the attendees would have a badge even before getting to Vegas. So it would eliminate a lot of people waiting in line to get a badge, uh, which was helpful to get the line moving. I mean, with 25,000 plus attendees, this task is not an easy task. So I really don't have any suggestions from my end. I think time and technology, as it gets better, it's, it'll correct itself. There was a suggestion uh, that, you know, why not let everybody print their own badge and bring it, um, which is a good idea. With that comes, you know, people who create their own badges with Photoshop and bring it. So I, I understand that, too. Uh, it's an expensive show, and some people don't attend because of that, and I could see how that could turn into an issue. Uh, we had a couple of uh, suggestions on changing the city for this main convention that we have every year and moving it away from Vegas to another city. And I'll give some of the suggestions. Austin, Nashville, New Orleans, Cancun. That was an optimistic one to have it in Cancun. I get Vegas. It's kind of like um, an easy place to get it done. There's so many venues for dinner. Uh, everyone couldn't kind of have a night networking and the hotels are just all together grouped up. You could get to the convention center pretty quick. So I understand it, but you know, I understand people also want to see some change and maybe switch it up. So just a suggestion. Another uh, common theme here was that 8am is too early of a start. So <laughs> Um, 8 a.m. is definitely too early of a start, especially if we're holding this thing in Vegas. Rule of thumb for me, I try not to set up meetings until 930. 
um, just to be realistic. Um, the nights are long. Um, you're out meeting with people, networking, and a lot of the networking happens, uh, you know, during the night. So, yeah, I mean, if you got to be there at 8 with your company or, you know, you're an employee and you got to get out to your booth, I, I totally understand that. I've been there. I've paid my dues for that. But as an attendee, if you're not in a booth, you know, just set your days up a little later to address that. Uh, another common one was air conditioning. Should be turned on earlier. I'm going to vouch for this situation because this year was just unbearably hot on day one of the show. And I understand they don't get that thing switched on until the show starts, but we know there's going to be a show. We know there's going to be thousands of people coming into a convention center. And, you know, there's areas where we're funneled in and it's very tight. Everybody's putting on, putting on a suit. And, you know, for the females, they're putting on, you know, a couple layers sometimes. It's just very warm. And uh, gets uncomfortable. And you don't want to sit down in a meeting and wait five minutes while you're wiping your sweat. You want to get into it and be comfortable. Uh, being uncomfortable makes your day uncomfortable. And... It's not a good start to the day. So it took me a minute to just cool down, um, and I was a little frustrated with it. had to take my jacket off, put it back on. So, yeah, I mean, if that could be addressed, that will be amazing. Uh, a lot of people wrote, ICSC should be business casual. People said we should make it more of a casual atmosphere. I agree with this. Uh, it's kind of tough, actually, because I... I don't mind putting on the business suit, uh, but I'm definitely more comfortable in business casual. Um, I get it. I think it should be optional for people to figure out how they want to come into these shows, but it shouldn't be frowned upon either if someone wants to put on a nice suit or if someone wants to be, you know, in a little more of a casual outfit. Um, I think we're in a stage of our industry where you know, we have a lot of work going on, a lot of meetings, a lot of back and forth. And, you know, if you can handle being in a suit and you're comfortable with it, great. But if you need to be in that business casual attire to make your a day comfortable and make your presentations more comfortable and have a better overall show, then I don't, I don't think that's an issue. So what I did on day one, I was dressed up uh, in my suit. But day two, I, you know, brought it down a notch and I was in my business casual, which is like, you know, nice jeans, nice uh, shoes, you know, short sleeve shirt. Uh, so I felt very comfortable and it was a more relaxed day for me that day as well. And the AC had already kicked in, so it was very comfortable. Here's a couple things that were geared towards the attendees. A, lot, a very common one is don't immediately dive into business chatter when you're meeting a new contact. And this happened to me at the show. And a lot of the times people come in a little too aggressive. So I was at a happy hour and a broker I did not know came up and 
introduced himself and went straight into you know business chatter and i do this and i do that and blah 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 number one it's the happy hour time of the day so that means we've gone through at least seven to nine meetings throughout the day plus your own kind of i gotta go and talk to this person you've been running around and you're at the happy hour uh, at least just come and approach it where introduce yourself, ask what do you do, you know, how is that, how is your day, thing, you know, just small talk, just to kind of get to know someone on a personal level before you just dive into, I do this, uh, I have this, look at this, you know, it just gets, um, not that it gets old, it just, you already have a, you want the conversation to end. Uh, that's the way I feel. I think if you approach it differently, you're willing to spend more time with that person and, and then, you know, hear them out again and, you know, keep a relationship going. The other kind of related to this was some of the retail responses that we got from retailers were saying it's beneficial to just establish a relationship prior to just going into trying to get business from a contact and uh, i think what happens at these shows is some of the brokers um, either have not been groomed properly some of them you know are seasoned brokers but they just don't change the you know their ways they come up to some of the retailers and immediately before even introducing themselves saying are you looking for a broker here uh, we do brokerage we can represent you blah 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 when Number one, you haven't even established a relationship with that tenant rep. Um, you have not had a conversation with them prior to this. And they don't know you or your firm probably at that time. And, you know, they're not at the show to select someone who's going to represent them in a market. Okay, they're in the show uh, either to look at sites, have meetings and network and get to know people. So I think as a broker... Or even as a developer, you got to focus more on dialing it into creating a relationship with someone that you meet on that tenant side, as opposed to just shoving a site down their throat or trying to get their business in the market. So we had a, a few retailers come back with that kind of feedback. Back to the uh, convention. This was a good one. Maybe don't schedule the convention on the same weekend as EDC. EDC is a electronic festival that happens in Vegas once a year. And I think this is the second year that we've timed it where we're there at the same time. So the that festival actually wraps up on Sunday night, Monday, and we start Monday. But, you know, we come in on Sundays and we run into that traffic and that crowd. And um, it's a different crowd and... You know, we were all young once, and there's still a lot of young brokers probably listening to this. Uh, but um, <laughs> I guess they just think it's just a tough crowd to be uh, rubbing elbows with on our convention weekend. But honestly, that's just Vegas. And there, I don't think there's any way around that unless you could schedule a different weekend. But you're going to run into something on, a, on any weekend that you move this convention to. I think one of the other feedbacks we got from... The retailers, which is interesting, is when you're setting up a meeting to show your site is to come prepared. 
I guess a lot of people don't come prepared and they either present something that the brand would never look at or an area the brand would never go into. One thing that I've seen a lot, and I sit in with uh, meetings with our some of our tenants like McDonald's and others, and when we get sites brought into us, and this happens a lot and it's surprising, uh, we'll get presented a site and on the map or its site plan, we would literally be across the street. And I understand, well, maybe you want to relocate, but I think that's just a quick answer for uh, <laughs> lack of doing your homework. Had you done your homework, you would have preemptively tried to see, okay, is this a newer restaurant across the street? Is this an older restaurant? And then you can approach it as a relocation option, not a new site option. But definitely it makes um, a big impression if you've done your homework and you could show, well, I'm showing your closest site is, you know, a mile away in this direction or two miles in this direction, you know. And if there is a site across the street and you think it's old and you're not sure if we would or someone would relocate, I definitely think you should still submit that site. But you need to submit it as a relocation site, because if you submit it as a new site and we map that, we're not going to ever look at. And I'm saying we because I do tenant rep work, but we're not ever going to look at the site because we're going to see on a map that, oh, we're right across the street. Sometimes there might be some alerts that we need to relocate this or that. But if you think it's a relocatable site, like it's an older restaurant, needs a remodel, doesn't have a big enough drive through stack or if, if you're relating it to a drive through or if it's, you know, an older building and the retailer has been in there and it looks tired, then, yeah, present it as a relocation. But definitely do your homework. Let us, you know, let the tenant see that you've actually researched where they are in that market and are presenting it in a manner that's not going to waste their time either. Because they get presented hundreds of sites. It's just not fair for them to be doing extra work to see if they're in that area. Now, it's their job to do it, but, you know, it, it gets old. You got to do some of that diligence on your end and then present that site. I want to end this with some positive <laughs> items um, because it's still a great show. Uh, there aren't that many issues with the show, in my opinion. Um, everyone's always going to have, you know, their opinions and something they're going to find that's wrong with the show. But all in all, it's it's a good show. Uh, some of the positive feedback were that the shuttles were amazing, which I agree. Those shuttles are pretty cool. Uh, the South Hall upper and lower setup this year was a good touch and very easy to navigate usually they have some of these vendors in different um, areas this year they were um, stacked above each other and you could get up and down either with the escalators or the stairs um, or elevators so it's pretty cool and the golf carts are always appreciated between the south and central hall so <laughs> the walk from the south hall to the central hall is not fun um, but they do have these golf carts that, you know, run six, five or six people at a time back and forth uh, between the halls. That makes it a little bit easier if you're in a time crunch to get back and forth. Sometimes the walk is nice just because you need to air out and not, you know, talk to anybody and get gather yourself in a moment. But if you're trying to run back and forth to meetings, that golf cart's going to save you. 
that's pretty much it for the the ICSC recap episode. I hope everybody enjoyed their ICSC. We're in the summer mode right now, and you know things start slowing down a little bit on you know when it comes to responses. So I hope everyone's still out there working diligently, but enjoying their summer. Um, we would love to hear back from anybody at or within the ICSC organization who puts this show together, because we always think it's fair to hear from the other side and you know, have them acknowledge some of the recommendations and, you know, hear why they do things a certain way. Um, so that would be great. So if anybody wants to come on the show, I'd love to have you on. Um, other than that, I hope everybody enjoys their summer and keep listening. And we look forward to bringing some more content to you soon. Thanks. Just a reminder, please take the time to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It's greatly appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hot Spotting Podcast. If any listeners have any questions or topics they would like to hear on the show, or if you simply want to connect, you can email me at mike at hotspotproperties.net. Once again, thank you for listening. It's been real.